How do we help women feel better and just increase education around women's health and hormones, which I've said multiple times is just so lacking. You know, there's nothing better than starting a business to figure out all the demons that you have. Many of the women who are running these $100 million businesses didn't necessarily have the background in that industry. Welcome to season three of the Beyond Capital podcast. People always ask me, what is the secret sauce to marrying profit with purpose? We're back for another season to bring you the stories of successful leaders that are building and scaling purpose-driven businesses. I'm Eva Yazari, general partner of Beyond Capital Ventures. And I'm Ed Stevens, CEO of Scoot. Together, Eva and I have built and invested in businesses worth millions. We want to show you how conscious leadership translates impact in all facets of a business and how it can show up in a company's operations, product, and culture, sometimes unexpectedly. Whether you're a leader of a company, team, household, or just yourself, we hope you walk away knowing the possibilities of impact for you and feeling inspired to take action every day. This is the Beyond Capital Podcast. And today's guest is Yasmin Nouri. Yasmin is the co-founder and CEO of BIA, a wellness company helping women overcome hormonal balances and imbalances using natural food-based solutions. Welcome, Yasmin. Thank you both. So great to be here. I'm a big fan of the podcast, so I'm excited to chat more today. Mm It's such a pleasure to have you and to talk more about what you've been up to, but also what you've created in the past couple of years. Starting there and and diving in, just tell us about Bia and what motivated you to start the company. Yeah, no, great question. So it kind of came from my own issues with hormonal imbalances and giving you a little bit of a background of kind of my life before starting the business. I lived a very intense life. Eve, I know we lived similar lives in finance. So kind of did the investment banking thing in New York, wasn't sleeping, were working over 12 hours a day. And without me knowing was completely wrecking my hormones. Even though I thought I was still healthy with eating well, I tried to work out, but was doing everything completely wrong. And in the midst of all that, I also was on birth control. And this might, you know, resonate with some women listening, but I was on birth control from the age of 14 because of my own hormonal imbalances. So I'm talking about it more from a perspective of not a contraceptive pill, but just in terms of helping me with my debilitating PMS. So was on birth control, ended up leaving my banking job, got off birth control. And that's kind of when all my hormonal imbalances went just wreaked havoc on my body. I never had adult acne. I had horrible cramps, horrible bloating. I just didn't feel like I felt like myself to show up. And I was running a business at the time. And I just felt like, why are women at a disadvantage when it comes to running businesses and leaving powerful lives when three, four days out of the month, you're completely out of commission. And, you know, that's just from my own personal experience. So it was there and, you know, kind of ended up falling into this world of functional medicine and learning, wow, there are actually so many other ways that women can support their hormones using food and small lifestyle changes. And long story short, incorporated a few key things in my life. And within a month, changed my life and how I felt. 
And I just knew at that point, you know, more women need to know about this. It's not even about the product that we're bringing, even though I'm so passionate about that, but it's more so around educating women on their bodies, because that is something that we do not learn early in our lives. And it truly can be a superpower if we're just educated and are aware of lifestyle and food factors that can play a huge role. I love you, the purpose and the passion that I hear in your voice and that I know that you bring to your company. Full disclosure, I am a customer of yeah. your business and I eat the seeds that you sell. At what are they? Yeah, I unpack that for us. I eat them every day. So essentially our first product is around this protocol called seed cycling. A lot of integrative doctors and functional medicine doctors recommend it. And actually when my functional medicine doctor recommended it to me, I was like, she's crazy. Like this must be bullshit. Like you're essentially telling me to eat various seeds throughout my cycle and that will help support hormone balance. Like I did not believe her. I didn't do it for two years until my co-founder who was getting her master's in nutrition brought it up because I was complaining one month and she's like, did you ever do that seed cycling thing? So I ended up doing it, but yeah, you are essentially eating a few types of seeds on the first part of your cycle. And then you rotate to the second half and you eat a different, a few different kinds of seeds. Are they secret um, or? No, no, no. Happy to share. It's a protocol that's out there. We basically just productize it and made it easier, but you're essentially eating grounded. So always make sure you're freshly grounding the seeds of flaxseed, pumpkin seed. We threw in hemp and we threw in chamomile powder is that first half. So you take it for 14 days and then you'll transition to the second half where you'll have sesame seeds. We did black versus white just because of the higher nutrient content. Um, so you have black sesame seeds, sunflower seeds, and we added hemp and chamomile. So you're literally just eating, think about it like a supplement, but a dot, like a food supplement that you're taking every day. That is just high, high, high in nutrients, high in fiber, lignans, omega threes, magnesium, like literally all magic that every woman, you know, just needs. So yeah, you're essentially rotating between the two phases. You get a pack in the mail and then do you grind them in a mortar or they come ground? Yeah. So that's a good question. We actually freshly ground it for you in small batches. So you'll get it kind of already made. And all you have to do is take one scoop without even thinking and put it on a smoothie. You know, I, I eat it in yogurt, have it spoonful, put in a salad. Okay. So we make it easy for you just to kind of eat. Does it taste good? It tastes good. It yeah. tastes like seeds. It tastes like seeds. It I, tastes like seeds. Yeah, yeah. You could put it in porridge. I actually made chocolate porridge. with it last week. So I, I, I saw on the What's uh, porridge, por por sorry, <laughs> half of my family is British oatmeal. <laughs> so delicious. I'm learning a lot today. Porridge, hormones, PMS, little red riding <laughs> hood. <or> <laughs> Goldilocks and oh, Goldilocks. Yeah. As you can see, Yasmin, we like I to have fun. I play the role fun. of a dumb person. <laughs> that is not bad. <laughs> okay. So it tastes like seeds. That's obvious, but I was just wanted to yeah. clarify that. Yeah, it tastes no, like we get that question. You yeah. can dress it up. What I love are the origins. And Yasmin, perhaps you could highlight where this comes from. Is it Ayurveda? You know, it's a great question, Eva, because it's funny. It comes from Ayurvedic medicine, Chinese medicine. It's kind of like just ancient traditions that have come together as one. And it's funny, we've kind of dug into the history of seed cycling and there's not really one person that created it. We ha still have yet to find it, which sounds funny, but it just is a lot of ancient traditions like Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic. And it's something that a lot of naturopathic doctors actually learn in school. Mm. That's kind of where it's come, it comes from. Can you talk about the results? So I know you created this for women 
who are still and currently in, in menstruation, like, you know, who are not in menopause, but I think you, we've talked about maybe there being benefits for all women and then just kind of balancing hormones. So what have you seen since you've launched the company? Yeah, it's incredible because, you know, when we launched, we wanted to keep the messaging really tight. And we started with like, this could support PMS. We ran a beta around specifically PMS and knowing seed cycling is still something that's recommended for women in perimenopause, postpartum, menopause and postmenopause. We didn't, we were a little worried the messaging would be too broad, but now we just have so many women literally across all life stages that are using us and really seeing the results have been incredible. We actually are now testing a specifically a menopause products. So if you haven't gone your cycle in over a year, we're kind of fine tuning what are different ways we can kind of optimize and support that life phase. But it's really amazing just to get the emails that we're getting. And really, you know, at the end of the day, the nutrients in the seeds are supporting estrogen and progesterone. So if you have imbalances in that in your reproductive years or postpartum, those hormones drop in menopause and then postmenopause, you can only get benefits from essentially the nutrients in the seeds. But I do want to throw a disclaimer. I'm not one to say, take these seeds and everything will be fine. We really encourage healthy lifestyle, healthy diet, and it's not going to be the end all be all, but it's a great tool to have in your toolkit. If you're looking to kind of shift your hormones in a more natural way. I'm just so fascinated how you came from banking and tech and (laughs) decided to start this company. And I know that you are not the only entrepreneur in your family. So does entrepreneurship come naturally to you? What actually was the genesis of this leap for you? You know, I feel like a lot of immigrant stories. My dad came here, kind of made it on his own, now is like a successful serial entrepreneur. And through all that, you know, growing up, I saw the highs, but also the lows. Like I really saw what it takes to build a business and the hard work there. You know, I was that kid that was, I joke that I was the most successful when I was around 10 and less. I was having so many businesses, a jewelry company, a lemonade stand. But I actually lost all of that as I got older and I kind of went down the path of, what success looks like, right? You study finance, everybody's going to invest in banking or consulting. And I kind of fell down that route. And I honestly, I forgot myself. I don't think I lost it, but I just forgot what my passions were around building business. It really wasn't until I was working for other people, you know, I went from banking and then into tech where I realized, you know, I'm ready to make a bigger impact. And actually one thing that I realized being in all this industry is like, where are the women? I personally seeked out all the incredible women in finance and in tech, but there was something that was still lacking. So my passion for supporting women in business and empowering women kind of came later in my career because I was just kind of pissed that I didn't have those role models, but I had incredible mentors who were men. And that is kind of the overarching mission of my life of just how do I empower women? And I know Eva, you're on my podcast that I have. And through that journey of me figuring out how do I show up as my best self? How do I kill it in life and business? That's kind of where my health journey came. So I think Bia is just an extension of what I'm personally passionate about is just helping women kill it in life. And so much of that comes to the foundation of your health and how you feel. So I kind of just left it. You know, I've always saved money to start my own business. We're still self-funded and I just went for it. And there's never a right time. So I realized that in my 30s. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, how long was it from college years to your first entrepreneurial adventure? 
Yeah. So I was working for other people, finance and in tech until I was 30. Then I joined my dad on a very small project he had where I thought like, you know what, I can bring the operational skills that you need to kind of take this to the next level. I did that for two years. And then I realized, all right, I have the confidence now. I've kind of proven myself in a field that I never wanted to be in, which was working with my dad in like telecommunications. Then I decided, you know, it's time for me to do my thing. And a lot of that actually came from, again, these interviews I was having with these women for my podcast. I was always trying to figure out what my next step was. And really the goal for me was how can I get behind something I'm passionate about? Because I've helped so many people build their businesses and I've done really well with that. But I knew the sky, you know, there's no limit if I can truly get behind something I'm passionate about. And I just saw so many women taking that leap, going after it through these interviews. I think by like the fifth woman I met, I was like, I'm done. My dad thought I was crazy. It was 2020 and COVID. He's like, what do you mean? The environment's not set out for it. But, you know, you just hear examples of other women that I admire. So I just, I went for it. (laughs) Do you agree with that, Ed, that there's no good time to start a business? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I started my businesses, I had no money, Mm -hmm. young children, figure it out. That gets to the core of it, right? If there's a real problem that people want to solve, there's always money available to make that Mm -hmm. problem get solved, whether it's from the customers or investors or something. I think that's the key, right? If there's a real Mm -hmm. problem that needs to get solved today, it doesn't matter when in your life you're tackling that. Mm -hmm. You may have a different equation with regards to how much equity you end up with. Sure. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't have enough cash to float it. You got to get an investor and that's going to give up a chunk of the company. So there's some of that, but just in terms of like objectively, no, I mean, if the problem is there, it's ready to be solved. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was just saying there's nothing more powerful than you really understanding the problem and solving it for yourself. Like the way I talk about it and the passion behind it is so real because I understand and I've been there before. So that just kind of helps as well. Yeah, that's a driving force. So dissecting a little bit the conscious leadership piece of what you're doing, you don't have investors, but you have customers and you are serving them with your product I assume you also have employees and mm-hmm. perhaps there's even a component of maybe where you're sourcing the seeds from. I don't, I don't know if there's a organic component to what you're doing, but talk, talk a little bit more about like who the other stakeholders are for Bia. I feel so blessed that we've got to just build an incredible team with people we work with and vendors and the team that we're building and we're hiring, which is such a blessing um, as someone who kind of started this business solo early on. But, you know, again, kind of going back to my overarching mission in life is just supporting women and all of the vendors, you know, mostly in terms of our manufacturers, our fulfillment centers, are badass women entrepreneurs. And for me, relationships are huge. So that's kind of how I've really tapped into anyone that we've worked with. That's really important for me that they have the same values as us. In terms of the seeds, you know, that's kind of the next phase of what we're looking through. I'd love to ideally with Bia work directly with farmers. We're not at that stage yet, um, given kind of where we're at. But in terms of like, of course, an organic piece, that is huge. Integrity of the product, that is one of the biggest values we have because there's a lot of supplements out there that don't really have the integrity behind it. And I think there's a lot of lack of education and misinformation there. So that's something that we talk a lot about at BIA, even outside of our own product. And man, our team is our customers and the team we've built. I get goosebumps because they are just so powerful. The women who 
have, again, going back to women, the women who trust us, you know, they come to us in a very vulnerable situation where they feel dismissed by their doctors. They've tried everything in Western medicine and they're looking to us to kind of support them and the trust that's there, which I feel, I I don't take that for granted with our customers. So I feel really passionate about the community and the way Kay and I, who's my co-founder, think about fostering that community is how do we just give back, right? We have this product, but 80% of what we're doing is just education. We have a YouTube show. We have four pieces of content that goes out every day. We go on podcasts. That is kind of something that we're very, very passionate about is just educating women. And we have just such an incredible community and also women led, women founded, like everyone in our team, you know, we're still small, small, mighty team. There's about five of us, all incredible women that are really standing behind the passion of how do we help women feel better and just increase education around women's health and hormones, which I've said multiple times is just so lacking. So I know that was a long witted way. And I kind of took it a few different directions of how we kind of think about our vendors who we work with and our amazing community and employees. Uh, something I know about you is that we share an executive coach. And so when we think about leadership and mm. developing the skills to run your business, which is highly aligned with your values, um, what has coaching brought you? This is something I think about a lot. You know, there's nothing better than starting a business to figure out all the demons that you have, right? It's like all the insecurities will come up, all the things that you've thought you've dealt with. So in terms of just my own personal self-growth, that's something I take very seriously every day because I've worked in many environments where the culture has been very toxic, the leadership has been toxic, and I definitely don't want to bring that into my company. And I feel like when I'm in a good place mentally, then it only benefits the business. I'm more present with my business. So coaching has been huge. I know Karen, you know, she was really crucial in terms of the early stages of BIA. You know, there's insecurities that come up. Is a product going to work? Will we have product market fit? There's so many decisions and there's just so many big decisions that kind of land on you when you don't have the funds yet for a team. Or I guess I wasn't ready to bring in a team unless I knew the product was kind of ready for that in the community. I'm reading books all the time. I, you know, this is kind of a different tangent, but I just went on a guided psilocybin retreat. I know Eva, we've been talking a little bit about this and, um, I did that in my twenties. You know, <laughs> oh, did you? Amazing. I'd love to hear your experience. <laughs> yeah. Which one? <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sure yours is more fun than mine probably, but I've had all kinds, but yeah, no, that's cool. That's really exciting. That is exciting. Tell us about that. It's interesting because the retreat itself was more impactful than the journey. And this is again, from my own personal experience. So we basically went, it was about four days. You were kind of unplugged. I've never done that my whole life. I've never not been on my phone. I've never not checked in. And just being able to put the phone down for four days and really tap into yourself and meditate, be out in nature, kind of do a reset for your body was so powerful. And you know, me coming now back into the, you know, the busyness of life of meetings, family, podcasts, friends, events. I'm thinking just a lot about how do I bring that stillness in the busy everyday life? And so that I would say that was more like the biggest takeaway, but the journey itself, I feel like this could be a whole nother podcast, but we did it in a group setting, which is very different than like one-on-one. My dose was not a heroic dose. I don't think I built the courage to go at that level. That's the current terminology, Ed. Uh Heroic dose. Okay. Yeah, heroic. I know I'm I'm using all the terms now, right? The heroic dose. It was a lower dose, but I think it just kind of tapped me into, I, I 
I was a lot calmer and more present than I thought I am. And, you know, I look at someone, I look at myself as someone who's always on the go, who is always looking to find the right skills and tools to kind of get my nervous system to kind of go back down throughout the day. But really that experience just showed me, you know, when I'm with myself truly in that capacity, everything is okay. I'm a lot calmer. And if I can tap into that as a leader, oh my gosh, the sky's a limit. And especially as someone who is so passionate about so many things, even outside of Bia, but just giving back to women, I think just being calm and really present can only allow me to accelerate everything that I'm doing. So it was really powerful to really feel that and be disconnected for a few days. That was, yeah, my personal experience. (laughs) That's incredible. And I love how you connect it back to leadership. I was going to ask how many people are at Bia? Yeah, we're small. So I actually just hired somebody new now, but there's about five of us. Okay. That's yep. a great size though. Very manageable culture at that size. You know, Totally. Everyone's, everyone's able to talk and communicate pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely more manageable now. And I'm, you know, we're not there where we're at 50 or a hundred, but I'm reading books and trying to just kind of dive into how people run businesses at that scale and still kind of keep the culture and the connectivity and the safe place. But yeah, we're not, we're definitely not there yet. So it's a lot easier to kind of manage. And they're just like family at this stage. Yeah, I always like the, the first group of people who are at a company are in a way that kind of, you know, they're so dedicated. It's like a little seal team, you know, very yeah. highly performative. And then kind of when you get to that 50 or hundred, you know, at that point, it's, it's, you know, they're not the SEAL team anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, managing performance and also like wellness, are, I think, is the hardest balance for a kind of conscious leader these days. It's like, how, yeah. do you, how do you help somebody realize that they have to work their ass off to get where they want to be, but maybe they're not ready to work their ass off or, you know, it's like, it's a, that's, I think that's the one topic in like the whole impact kind of social entrepreneurship space that just doesn't get talked about, which is, are you Mm -hmm. helping people by nobody really gets anywhere and builds anything kind of 40 hours a week, unless you're a genius or lucky, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get six, seven o'clock at night and I'm like, crap, I still got three things to do. For sure. I think we can all relate to that. You know what I mean? So that's a tricky one. That's not where we're going today, but it'd be interesting to talk about that with you sometime. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Yasmin, maybe just give us a quick answer to that. Like, how do you cultivate, you personally at Bia, how do you cultivate that culture of being a, a founder and owning your work and, you know, it's a part of you, but then managing three other people, because I know you have a co-founder and helping them come along on that ride without them burning out. I think about that a lot. And, you know, I think it starts with me. How do I make sure I'm not burnt out as someone? I mean, you know, you start a business at any side, there's always something to do. The to-do list just gets longer. I think what I try to show as an example, especially as a wellness founder, like you got to talk the talk. I go hard, but what I what I do, and I think this is something I continue to get better on, is making sure the foundation is there in terms of, am I eating three meals a day? Am I incorporating movement? And listen, movement yesterday looked like a 10-minute walk outside. So it's not like I'm sitting here saying, I'm working out an hour a day. I'm seeing my coach. I'm meditating. Like I really don't have time for that. So I'm always thinking about what are short, quick, effective tools that actually make can make a difference. And for me, just kind of going back to it is it sounds basic, but it's been game changing. Eating three meals a day, 
that are blood sugar balancing meals. So nothing that spikes my blood sugar because that impacts energy and I need energy. I'm always trying to optimize energy. Sleep is crucial for me. I'll work sometimes till nine, but I'll still make sure I can get at least eight, seven to eight hours. That's for me personally to like show up as my best self and taking breaks. You know, yesterday I had calls from eight to five. I try not to do back-to-back meetings because I just give so much energy at like anytime I talk to anybody, but any 10, 15 minute breaks, I can kind of go in there is huge, but that's kind of like what works for me. But I really try to encourage that with my employees and anybody that works with Bia, because we're always talking, you know, even on the weekends in the evenings, there's it's nonstop. So I just really want to make sure that they're taking time to do what lights them up and gives them energy, you know, whether it's that yoga class, whether it's being with their children for a certain period of time. I'm very compassionate about what that is for each person. And you know, hopefully serve as an example that it's it's okay to kind of take breaks because it's a long-term game. And listen, we've all been there. I've been burnt out for my entire career. And this is something I'm going to do for a large amount of my life. So how can I make it sustainable? And all of that is just optimizing my energy with a lot of wellness habits. Yeah. And leading by example. I want to turn to your podcast. Um, you have a very successful podcast, which is in the top 100 for entrepreneurship podcasts called Behind Her Empire. And you interview self-made women, female leaders, entrepreneurs. What are some of the takeaways that you personally have had from your interviews? Yeah, thank you. And shout out Eva for joining me on my podcast. That was a fun interview together. Uh, You know, I get this question a lot. I want to kind of highlight maybe the few things that early on in my entrepreneurial journey was more impactful. I think I'm in stage two now where there might be other tidbits that I get from them. But, you know, a few of the key themes that I've seen is, which might sound simple, but it was still helpful for me to know, is many of the women who are running these $100 million businesses didn't necessarily have the background in that industry, right? So in terms of if they're starting a health product, they didn't necessarily, they're not a doctor, they're not a nutritionist, but maybe they've partnered with someone or they have advisors who can kind of help them with the technical piece that might be missing. So that was huge for me because I think so many, especially women, want everything to be perfect, want all their credentials to be in place before they take that one leap to start a business. So that was very interesting to me and motivated me really to start BIA and, and kind of build my own founding team. The second one, you know, I get this question a lot from our listeners is the feeling of imposter syndrome, the feeling of insecurity. Like they listen to all these women. They're like, well, how are they doing that? And they don't envision it for themselves. But the thing that people don't realize, and I try to bring this up in my podcast through all my guests is they have the same insecurities as you. The only difference is They have the courage to still go into it, even if they have the nervousness. And you do that a few times and then you build the confidence that, okay, I'm good enough. And it becomes a little less scary of a risk. And you start small. You start by going to an event that you might not know people love and then maybe hosting something like it's it's all relative to your life. But having everything figured out and being super confident, that is just complete BS. And they just have the courage to kind of show up because their why is so big and they're so passionate about what they're bringing to the world. So that was just another key thing. And a third one, this is more personally for me is, you know, I don't have any kids yet. I'm super passionate about my career. You know, even before Bia, I'm very ambitious. I wasn't really sure how to kind of 
bring the life of family life and being an amazing mother, but still an amazing leader. So I purposely brought on many women who are kind of juggling both. So it is possible is what I'm trying to say. And it's been really awesome to see just examples of what that looks like for women. But the thing that was most surprising was a lot of the women, and Ed, this kind of reminded me of what you were saying when you started your business, your kids were little, they took the leap and started businesses either when they were pregnant or their kids were quite little. That was actually quite shocking to me. Uh, I heard that that's probably like 60% of the women I've had on my podcast. So it is possible. And that is just really inspirational for me because I'm always thinking about, you know, I don't have any kids now, but I'm still trying to feel good, stay sane, take that break. And I know once you put family in there, that's a whole other ball game. So kids are never cheaper than when they're small. <laughs> they get more I think expensive. you're right. And trust yeah, me, I'm planning a wedding. I'm paying for a wedding this year. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. congrats yes. on that. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more expensive than a two-year-old. Oh, for sure. You know, I always think about it as like, where in my fundraising cycle am I going to be like when my kids have more homework, when they are taking the SATs? And I actually think my goal is to line that up a little bit so that I'm not in a fundraising cycle. I think it's more of a, I I actually, I mean, I think there's, you got to break this down into a couple different categories. There's like the, obviously, if a woman has a spouse at home, then, you know, she can be a full-fledged career woman, no problem at all, right? Same way as mm-hmm. a man would if he had a, his spouse at home. Divide and conquer mm-hmm. is a great way to organize a married life. But a two-career family is where it gets complicated. Yes. And that's either because you live in an expensive area where you have to both have careers, or maybe just that's just what's required to live at the standard that you want to live at no matter where you are. Or maybe you're just both high achievers and that requires a two career family as well. And I have limited experience with that. Robin Mm. was always, she always had like social service jobs, you know, or other jobs that were, she was a therapist for an in-home therapist for autistic boy. And she, you know, and, and she was a school teacher. So she did different things that were sort of easy to slot in with the kids. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think it's a lot. It's not men, women. It's really two careers. Sure. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, well put two men, two women. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. If it's a two career family, that's where it gets really complicated. Yeah. And I, and I don't know how to deal with that. You do though. I do. Yeah. It's navigable. Yeah. And I think for me, it's not. Is that your next book? No, it's going to be about emerging markets, but two, uh, two, 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 career career. Fam, two career families in emerging markets. That the sounds, conscious family. Yeah, that I love really that. Good. Let's do that. Well, I have to say in emerging markets, it's much easier because you do have a lower cost of labor. Yeah. Whereas here mm-hmm. in the U.S., nannies actually earn more than investment professionals do in India, which mm-hmm. they should because yeah. It's a much more developed economy. Yeah, so it is It is more complicated. Listen, my view is like everything has a solution. But I also yeah. know I come to this from a place of privilege. So mm-hmm. I think that there, that's embedded. And I remind my husband that I'm 12 years younger than him. And I think- Ouch. No, not in a bad way. I didn't way. know just, you guys were 12 years no, apart. No, not in a bad way. Not you're old. Just like I'm behind you in your career and like oh, I'm see. building- and yeah. you're watching me build kind of what you just built over the past 12 years. So, um, uh, oh, I think I that sounds like our yeah. relationship too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you, you let's, can we just talk quickly about Drew, your other yeah. half and it just 
highlight maybe what he does because it, it is also complementary to you in the wellness space. I kind of fell into the world of wellness because of him. But yeah, he is. Um, he works with Dr. Mark Hyman. He's a well-known doctor in the world of functional medicine, kind of the leader in the space. And yeah, he's kind of been doing the entrepreneurial thing for a long time. He dropped out of college and has been doing it. And, you know, a little bit further in his career, they do, they have a clinic together, they have supplements, he has his own top podcast in wellness. So he's been a huge supporter of just kind of what obviously I'm building. Yeah, it's always interesting, right? I mean, I'm, I'm blessed that we're not in the same stage, because if we were both in built like build mode, it would be probably a little more chaotic. I'm kind of happy he has a team. He's a little more established. And there could be one person that's a little crazy in the household building. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a great point is who's in build mode. So that's something we can, yeah. we can absolutely touch on in a future episode, but getting to the rapid fire questions, Uh-oh, we want to, yeah. yeah, Yasmin, we want to get to know you even better and Fun. we'll we start go. with what book is on your nightstand right now? Yeah. So I actually just finished a book. I reread the four agreements. So kind of just like going back to thinking through my own beliefs and self-belief, self-limiting beliefs. It's just such a good, quick and easy book that I love to actually reference back to all the time. So that's kind of like my go-to quick read when I need a little bit more inspiration and reminders of how to get my mental health in place. Okay. So what is your go-to beverage in the morning? Coffee, tea, or caffeine-free? Oh man, caffeine all the way. So I'll yes. wake up and have <laughs> another God one. Bless caffeine. <laughs> I think we're 10 for 10 on this. <laughs> the show. I love it. Yeah. I'll drink water though, before I go into my coffee. So I, I notice I feel much better. I don't get jittery, but yeah, I love organic, of course, organic espresso. And yeah, that's my jam. Name something that's giving you hope right now. Oh, wow. What a great question. You know, anytime I question anything and I'm kind of doubting what I'm doing and, you know, we all have those days where it's just tough and you're just questioning. I get so much hope from, it sounds cheesy, but it's true. The community, our customers, we seriously have the most incredible community and we're so engaged with them that they really give me hope and inspiration to kind of keep going. And same with my podcast, again, like the, the behind her empire podcast, that is not my main thing. I do it as a hobby. There's days where it's so freaking hard to kind of get a weekly episode out. I've been doing it for two and a half years, but the messages and the emails I get from women totally keep, you know, inspire me to keep going. So I feel very blessed that, you know, the hope comes from women who are kind of in my world through the podcast and the business. It, it definitely is so helpful for me. Okay. What's one trend you're watching right now in your industry or something adjacent to it? Yeah. So I was thinking, that's a good question. So I, I think I mentioned this earlier, we do a ton of content. So I'm always like in the world of social media, what's trending, what platforms are trending, you know, like even right now, all the platforms that we know, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube shorts is something that is getting a lot more attention. It's a little bit newer. So we've kind of doubled down on that. And also what's interesting is with social media, the concept of the interest graph, right? So the way BIA has been built, we've done zero paid marketing. It's all been organic growth and word of mouth. And a lot of it just goes down to the interest graph with social media. So it, it reminds us, how do we continue to create content that's engaging, that's helpful, 
especially in health, it could be a little tough to digest. So we're always thinking about how do we make it easy for people to digest these wellness tips and educate them. And the interest graph is huge for us. And right now, for example, like YouTube shorts, that's an incredible opportunity that we're just doubling down on. So I'm always looking at social. <laughs> do you have a favorite resource for staying up to date in the wellness industry? Maybe a podcast or a newsletter? Bia's newsletter? No, I'm kidding. Um, I mean, it is really good. We have an amazing content machine in terms of emails. That's um, my favorite. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, yeah, I, this might not be the right answer, but it's true. You know, I kind of have one foot in wellness and one foot out. I'm passionate about it, but that's not, I don't follow the trends so much. And maybe that's because my husband's in wellness, my co-founder is in wellness. So just by being around them, I'm kind of getting downloads. And also we have our own health series. So we interview, you know, the most popular women's health experts in the world. So just by that, I'm kind of staying up to date of what's important, what's new research that's out there. So it sounds like, you know, going back to this, like our podcast and our emails, I think are phenomenal at BIA because of that. They're great channels. What's yeah. one piece of advice you would give to your 20 year old self? Oh, I love that. I would tell myself it's all going to make sense one day. I was so concerned about figuring out my purpose and my why even in banking. And then I went to tech and then I, you know, worked at a few different companies within there, always trying to find my purpose, never really knowing when that will be. And I just feel like, you know, it all makes sense together. All the experience I had in such different backgrounds and industries just benefits everything that I'm doing now. So just telling myself it's all going to make sense one day and it's all worth it. Okay. So what's the one piece of advice that you would give to somebody right now who's starting their own business? And you've talked to a lot of people who've started their own businesses. So what would you say to a person starting their own business? One piece of advice. One. That's, that's a, that's, that's a it. tough one. I know. I would say. Don't give up. No. Um. No, I would say, you know, I get, I get hit up all the time. I meet with so many women entrepreneurs and I would say two things like, sorry, you said one, but two it's so good. tough. Two is fine. Two. Yeah. yeah. It's so, I, I could talk you're about this for breaker. hours. Yeah, I know. Ones. Always, right? Yes. Pushing boundaries. <laughs> Job of an entrepreneur. I would say just two things like really finding something you're passionate about because this shit gets so hard sometimes. And if you truly are passionate, it just makes the entire process so much harder. And I just don't know why you would want to do that to yourself. That's just from my own personal experience. And the second one is, you know, really thinking about how you're going to make money. I think that's important. You know, that doesn't mean that you can't have an impact, you know, mission-driven business, but are you profitable? Are you really thinking about the business model? Is it a hobby or is this a business? And I think that, you know, I always try to challenge people to think through that because there's nothing more powerful than building a business that's profitable and you're able to reinvest and grow. And as someone who's doing that right now, I just, you know, really encourage people to think through that when thinking about starting a business. Incredible. So to wrap up, I want to ask you a question that I'm personally curious about. What is next for Bia? You mentioned potentially a new product around menopause, but where can we see Bia going in the next five years? Five years, man, it's changing like every four months around here, but <laughs> two years, know, I know two years. It's crazy. Um, I think Bia, we're just getting started to being the content machine. We are, I kind of see us having like a media business of just doing really thoughtful, engaging content, creating a safe place for women to come together in all things, wellness, all things health. So I see us being a more so going into media doubling down on our content 
And the second piece would be, you know, I don't rush on building out products, but I do, you know, there's so much that we can do in women's wellness, especially as a woman, there's already a hundred things that I, you know, I I know that we could bring, but it's being very thoughtful about what's next. But one thing that's kind of coming into mind a lot is the stage of perimenopause and menopause, you know, connecting with women there, there's not not a lot of resources and education around that. So if we can kind of create a product that can support them as an add-on, that's kind of on my mind, but it's so tough because there's so much there. There's so much with like fertility, postpartum, you know, nervous system support. How can we calm ourselves? So I know that's a lot. I don't have an answer for the products, but there's a lot brewing behind the scenes. And we're just trying to be very intentional about what that is as a second product. That's really exciting. Thank you so much, Jasmine. So great to have you on the show. So great to see you both. This was such an honor. Thank you. Thank you very much. Once again, it's clear that conscious leaders can find a way to put meaning behind the mission of a company in a truly holistic way, and we can all make a difference. You've taken the first step by listening to the Beyond Capital podcast. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to rate, review, and if you haven't yet, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. For more information, go to beyondcapitalpodcast.com. You can follow me at EA Stevens on Twitter. And you can follow me at Conscious Investor on Instagram.